Boozed and Confused is a comedy and weird topic podcast. Adult language may be used probably by me. While our episode topics may be educational in nature, we are not responsible if your children start dropping the F-bomb to their kindergarten class. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everybody. Hi. I'm Carol Ann. I'm Matt. And this is Boozed and Confused. Boozed and Confused. Oh, you beat me to it again. If this is your first time joining, welcome. If you're a returning listener, welcome. (laughs) Thanks for sticking with us, Mom. (laughs) And maybe my dad. My mom still hasn't figured out the whole podcast thing yet. I still haven't either, right? Or she's just entirely uninterested. Yeah, so how are you feeling today? I'm feeling pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Me, I'm not feeling so hot. I'm actually feeling quite ill. Oh no. What's wrong? I have no idea. Oh boy. Well. What are we drinking? Today, I'm drinking a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. It's delightful. It's refreshing. It's family owned and operated and argued over. This is not a commercial. This is not an ad. I'm not getting paid for this. I'm just reading off the bottle. I'm drinking Sam Adams. It is a Sam 76. It is crushable. And I actually agree. It it is quite crushable. Enough said. What are we talking about today? Today, we are going to be talking about... An illness with no viral, no bacterial agent responsible for any kind of transmission. The symptoms, to name a few. I have actually quite a list here. This is actually pretty terrifying. Some symptoms of this... uh, Illness, uncontrollable laughter, aimless running, violence, visions, body tremors, headaches, nausea, vomiting, fainting, demonic possession, and of course, meowing. I'm sorry, is this an ad for a prescription? (laughs) Yeah, you're on to us. It's like only the U.S. and New Zealand can do this, and we happen to fall into one of those two countries. We are directly advertising a drug that might cause possession. We got it, finally. We did it. (laughs) We've we've achieved greatness. We, Only we like what three episodes? Four episodes. This is this is like the fourth one, right? This is episode four. Oh my gosh, that's four more than I thought we'd ever do. It's definitely three more than I thought we'd ever do. Look at us. We've made it. We even have stickers now. We we do have stickers actually. How can I get one of these stickers? Well, um, you could reach into the box that's directly in front of you and take one, or. If you are a listener, you could get a sticker for free if you write us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, etc. And take a screenshot and send it to us and we will send you a sticker to show our gratitude. Well, I refuse to do any of those things, but I'm too scared to try and grab out of the box because I'll probably knock over the microphone. So I'm just going to keep doing the pod. Yeah, so that uh, list of symptoms uh, thankfully um, as horrible as they may sound these things typically tend to come and go pretty quickly and uh, even more bizarrely they don't really have any like organic origin or like basis so what on earth are we talking about mass hysteria that is absolutely correct you might call it mass psychogenic illness but mass hysteria sounds i don't know like scarier cooler 
definitely scarier. This is a pretty cool topic. It's kind of kind of scary. Can I catch this? Have I caught this? Maybe. Like I'm I'm pretty prone to like meowing and having visions and stuff. <laughs> Meow. Does it count if you're just meowing back to the cats? Because I feel like that's just having a conversation. Are you saying meow or are you saying now? Now listen, meow. <laughs> yeah, you get it. A hey, question for you, uh, wife. Have you ever seen that video of that guy dancing at the outdoor concert? That's that's super vague. I'm sorry. It's a it's a clip from the Sasquatch Music Festival from 2009. Please do tell more. You have to say yes because I showed it to you yesterday. Yes. This guy. <laughs> this guy has like no rhythm, but he's obviously having a blast. And uh, in the end of this video, which is like three minutes long, there's just a massive crowd of people. So I'll I'll walk you through it. But I I definitely suggest that. If you are listening to this, you you pause when I say pause and then give it a shot. This guy's moves are pretty weird. He's just kind of flailing his arms and stuff. He has no rhythm at all. But in the end, I guess dancing is really about how you feel and not really how you look. I mean, like I know when I dance, I have like a few go-to moves. I like a good uh, like sidestep, two-step, sidestep. Well, I'm talking about like my move. Like, you know my move. Yeah, you've got, you've got some moves. What's my move? How would you describe it? It's like uh, a gyration. I hate that word. Uh, it's it's, like, it's one of those dance moves where if you lock eyes for long enough, it definitely makes everybody in the room uncomfortable. Except for me. This is like my go-to wedding reception move. I mean, I'd argue that my moves are pretty weak, but I think if you put enough zazz and zhuzh, uh, any move can become ravishing and entrancing and magical and wonderful. It's all about confidence all about confidence if you own the floor you own the room yeah um i think this was in the heart so like this video was like in the heart of the flash mob era which i kind of hate uh but i guarantee you this is like super organic and was not planned at all um i've never even heard of this concert before uh so this guy's dancing literally all by himself on like the grass and there's people just kind of sitting on beach towels i guess they're like picnic towels does the towel change its nature if it's on a different surface? Well, anyways, within like 20 seconds, another guy joins them. And by the one-minute mark, a third guy joins them. And so it's just these three guys just having a blast. They have no idea who each other are, but they're just going to town. And like slowly but surely, total strangers at this concert begin to just come sprinting onto the video screen. And three becomes 20. And that becomes 50 and suddenly there's just like literally like hundreds of people just going nuts. And like I feel like if I say like a hundred or like dozens, it doesn't quite do it justice. It's like a rave. It becomes a rave out of nowhere. Uh, so you listening, mom, pause the podcast. Um, look up Sasquatch Music Festival 2009. I'll let you watch it right now. Go ahead. Pause. Three, two, one, pause. All right, and we're back. Wasn't that cool? That was so cool. So wholesome. So uplifting. It's the content we need in 2020. <laughs> Looking back at the good old days of 2009. Oh, this video has like such a happy ending. It's so wholesome. Uh, I mean, you don't even see it end. It just ends mid-party. Some say they're still dancing to this day. <laughs> That's exactly right. So my topic doesn't have like that same feel good ending, you know. 
oh, that was really a way to fucking set it up. Yeah, you know, it's like throwing the boomerang and it's you're just waiting for it to come back. But Look at this super happy video before we're about to absolutely depress you. <laughs> I don't know about depressing. I'm just going to get into it. This story I have for everyone is it's like the Black Death meets this like twisted version of Footloose uh, with like zombies. But everyone is dancing to that yeah, yeah, yeah song. Like heads will roll until they like die. What is the name of this? The song is uh, no. Heads Will Roll. No. Oh, I'm not there yet. I'm not there oh, yet. Spoilers. Spoilers. Um, I And if I understood copyright law, I would definitely want this song to be playing at some point in this episode. But everyone, like literally everyone's heard this song. Um, all right. I'm ready to tell you guys what this is. Uh, flashback all the way back to the summer of 1518 in the city of Strasbourg. I remember. Ooh, I remember. Oh, I remember. Uh, if you if you don't know where Strasbourg is, this is like located like super East France. And at the time, this was actually part of the Holy Roman Empire. And one day, like literally out of nowhere, a woman, um, some say her name was Frau Trophy, uh, or maybe she had no name. We can, we can give her a name, though. Uh, she began just dancing. And there was no music, there was no beat, there was no guitar, there was no beatboxing. She just kind of starts, like, I guess like flailing is more of a, a better word. I just kind of like flailing her arms and legs. And this is the beginning of, <laughs> of the dancing plague of 1580. What's her name? Frau? Yeah, Frau. Like, Thanks, Frau. Thanks. Frau is more of like a title like miss i don't speak other languages really i i say i speak spanish a little bit but that's just it's very situational and it's mainly soccer (laughs) so i think if this happened like modern day we'd think it was like some like avant-garde interpretive dance and we'd like throw her a few dollars and just go on our way so you're talking about somebody who's like on a busy street with a lot of tourists and they're a street performer exactly that's exactly what I'm getting at. Okay. I'm, yeah, hundred percent. You you tip the street performers for their art. Yes. The the avant garde. So Frau Trophy. I'm gonna keep saying that name like really slightly different ways, and this is gonna infuriate me. I don't remember the way I said it the first time. She only stopped to eat and like would pass out from exhaustion. But sure enough, she'd wake up and she'd get back to dancing again. I don't know. Like I, the other side of the coin. Like if we saw this today we might think she was on some sort of drug. I've seen a lot of videos on YouTube and that's exactly what I would think. Yeah. You remember that guy in Ireland with the ninja star? We're not going to talk about that. That's for next episode. Stay tuned. So Frau Trophy is dancing nonstop for like six days straight. Guess what happens? It's horrible. What happens? Just guess. Does she die? No, 34 people join the dance party. Oh, Jesus. And it's not like a cool dance party where there's music. There's literally just no music. People are just dancing. And I think dancing, again, is like a very nice word. They're just like flailing limbs and arms and bouncing around. And this isn't like your grandma's chair exercise. This was like emphatic, high-energy dancing. If quarantine taught me anything, it's like I'm an awful shape i don't like i know it's not dancing but you showed me those katie sackoff videos that you'd make me do 
the workout videos. Yeah, and yeah. it's like a 10-minute long workout, and it would just absolutely destroy me. And I know I pretend it's like, oh, it's not that bad, but like I'd be gassed after the warm-up. These people would dance to the point of bleeding from their feet, breaking bones, and eventually. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, they're just, just nonstop. What are they, like breaking bones in their feet? Anything attached to the feet, I and mean, I guess like everything is attached to the oh foot eventually. Oh, God. And eventually they'd go into cardiac arrest or they'd have a stroke and they would just drop dead. If these people were dancing basically until death, would somebody like come and remove the bodies or or at that point, are they just dancing among dead bodies? That's a dark thought. You could have totally inserted that yeah, yeah, yeah song in there, <laughs> by the way. I don't actually know about the cleanup, but I do know about is like what happens with the people in charge of the town who are like watching this uh, really long excruciating dance party though this is just feeling very midsomar i love that movie i never want to see it again so obviously it's it's 15 18 still i don't really know if there's an official body count for this thing but there's a number that floated around amongst the numerous places i was reading about this uh, and it says that there was a point where there would be 15 people dying a day doing this. And I don't even know what point the Frau Trophy died. I don't even know if she died. But you know what I can guarantee? What? That literally all these people are dead right now. Oh, shit. You're probably right. I'm not going to fact right. check you, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're right. I hope I'm right. I hope I'm right. Anyways, uh, let's jump a month ahead. Oh, my God. Are they still dancing? You've got 400 people just going off until they died all over town. Question for you. Oh, God. What would you do if you were, like, say, running this town? What would you do to stop this unending dance party? Probably jump in with my own moves because I feel like that's what happens when I'm at a wedding and I'm dancing anyways. People see me and they stop. <laughs> oh, no. I don't think that's accurate. I don't I th think it's accurate. I have very high confidence in my wedding dancing skills. As you should. As you should. What would I actually do, though? I don't I don't know. What are you supposed to do? I wouldn't want to get near them. You should do what politicians do. Um, you make choices. And I honestly, oh. I think the choice they made really speaks volumes about politicians. I thought you were going to say sit back, pretend like you do something, and then not do anything, and then start your re-election campaign. <laughs> well, you know what? You know what he would do? Yeah, that's the wrong answer. Yeah. Me, I would do the right thing. I'm, I'm one of the people. <laughs> See? Oh, God, I can, I can just imagine if there's like 300 people, uh, like like flailing not dancing flailing and if they're trying to run some sort of like re-election campaign you know how they they being politicians always try to like like squeeze into awkward places to be like see i'm one of you can you imagine a politician being like see i'm one of you vote hello. for me <laughs> hello fellow humans oh i too enjoy dancing <laughs> do you know what these politicians did and honestly i think this speaks volumes about politicians no please share they decided hey let's get doctors involved but not just doctors let's get astronomers on the horn astronomers yeah the star guys why <laughs> let's figure this out and they did 
This thing's killing like 15 people a day. This is a disease. You know what caused it? What? Hot blood. What is hot blood? It's blood that's hot. Oh, yep. That would that would be it. You know what the cure is to hot blood? Is it more cowbell? It's more dancing. <laughs> oh it's actually God. more dancing. Do you know what these guys did? What? They hired musicians. To get them to dance more? <laughs> they hired musicians Wait, to on. play so, music for the dancing people. So the politicians brought in astronomers who at some point were like, ah, yes, I've seen this before, three towns over. Well, and doctors. And and then brought in the band. Well, well, yeah, but like, I, the one thing, like, I mean, I, I am one of the least qualified people on earth to ask about doctor stuff. I mean, I call it doctor stuff, so I'm I'm pretty unqualified. No, that's the that's the professionally used term. The the only thing I can claim that I know is that at some point in history of humans, people thought that anger came from the spleen. That's a really strange thought. Yeah, yeah, it's in Shakespeare a lot. It's like, oh, the angry spleen of Tybalt's, and the the bile that comes from it is like the like anger juice. Back to the musicians, though. So the people who run the town hire musicians to play music for the dancers, and they also hire professional dancers to dance with the people who are dancing. That would just be such an awkward gig to show up to. Do you think they were, like, honest when they, when they like, rang them up? This and- is the biggest show you've ever <laughs> been to. You will never have a show. It's the entire town. Oh, gosh. How are we all doing tonight? (laughs) (laughs) Silence. They also built stages. They built stages for these people as well. (laughs) The sound of flailing arms hitting bodies. That's exactly right. The idea was, this was the idea. We're going to dance away the mania. Mm -hmm. We're just going to keep dancing until you stop dancing. Okay. And so you think... That, that might work sure the beats were so sick this actually caused more people to fall victim oh no <laughs> and so people are dropping dead from heart attacks from strokes from just sheer exhaustion and the town leaders decided the dance party was actually a bad idea <laughs> and they decided to go the only other obvious route <laughs> what was that <laughs> it's a curse oh my god did they bring in witch doctors? <laughs> no, 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 no. They're going the legitimate route with this. Okay. This is a curse. Okay. Are you a gambler? Are you a ne'er-do-well? Are you a cheat? Are you a liar? Are you a prostitute? Oh, I'm all of those things. Get out of town. You gots to go. You gots to go. Well, what if they're the ones that are dancing? Get them out. They are making the town a bad place. And the people who are dancing, we got to fix this. We have to go to church. We have to go dance in front of the statue of a saint, St. Vitus. Have you ever heard of the St. Vitus dance? You know, I can't say that I have. I've heard of this thing number of times. We need, we need to get these people who are entirely dying out, who, who are just being destroyed by this disease. Well, sure enough, throwing out the morally corrupt and praying to St. Vitus allowed this small town to end the death dance and to get control of these bodies and eventually get back to some like sense of normal. Are you serious? Yeah, that's... Well, I'm actually... I'm going to get back to St. Vitus, but 
yeah, like we're, we're good. We're all good. Everyone. It's all good. The dancing is over. The party's over. I feel like they probably just took all the people who were dancing and stuck them in a building and problem solved. Yep. No, we're all good here. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, as quickly as it came on, it was gone just as quick. Okay. Like that's legitimately the beginning, the middle and the end of this. But in typical human nature, smart people try and look back at things and be like, oh, let me try and explain this. I've got a couple explanations for this. Do tell. Mold. Mold. Ergot. What is ergot? It grows in rye, like rye bread, like the rye. The mold grows like in the stalk. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? Um, I actually knew that. I just forgot. <laughs> Get it? Like ergot, forgot. This is my last episode and my last, no, no, no. And this is my last day being married to you. Creative differences between the producers has led to the end of Boost and Confused. No, it's going to be you and the cats now. That's it. Some nice uh, ASMR with the light cat meowing. Did you just meow? (laughs) No, meow. Watch the entire episode just become us meowing. So actually, the mold has a bad effect on people if you eat like bad rye bread. All right, meow? (laughs) Some of the symptoms of eating ergot are hallucinations, tremors, fevers, and mania. So it actually does kind of hit some checkpoints of this dancing disease or illness. All these things are, are there. Except you can't really explain this like wicked endurance. Like, can you imagine if you survived this? Can you imagine how jacked your calves would be? Oh, so jacked! Like bashing Schweinsteiger levels of jacked. Oh, I miss him. Oh, Fußball got. <laughs> he's only a few years older than me, but yet I feel like he's. It's, it's hard being a, a young man entering his thirties. Anyways, meow. The summer of 1518 was actually pretty nuts. Uh, in, in this area, there was a number of famines rolling through. There was a very steep tax being put upon the people. There was a rampant sweating sickness. And there was just this overwhelming amount of syphilis just kind of rolling through the people. That sounds awful. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of pressure. Good thing we're so much better off in 2020. Just really living the dream here. Everything's fine. Everything is great. Let's say the rye bread wasn't bad and this was something bigger. What did I just say fixed things like a couple months ago? Cowbell? No. How do they fix the town? They got rid of people. But what else did they do? They prayed. Yeah. To whom? Saint Vitus. That's exactly right. The CR said whom? I'm an English teacher. Oh, you see? I said whom? I'm an English teacher. See, um, who does whom receives? Wow, I'm learning so much today. That's it. That's, that's it. That's it. Um, so St. Vitus is a Sicilian martyr, and he is known as one of the 14 holy helpers. And the 14 holy helpers are a group of saints who were said to be like especially effective in helping believers uh, combat specific diseases or ailments or 
anything that is that is making life a little bit harder for you. But they also kind of believe that they could curse you in like an opposite way. So like I said, St. Vitus is the patron saint of dancers and actually a whole bunch of other things. But people also believe that he would curse you um, if you if he didn't like your St. Vitus dance. And this this day occurs on June 15th, which is like the beginning of summer. So we have June 15th, 1518, and you have all these negative things. You have syphilis, you have the famine. This is a curse. This has to be a curse. St. Vitus has cursed one of us. She cursed the Frau. And now look at us. Just dancing till we're dead. Dun 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 I I would I wish we could throw that little clip in there, but I don't think we can. Maybe if I'm good enough I could produce a uh like Walmart off brand version and it's like close enough people get the idea. Exactly. Exactly. But I I really think the belief that Saint Vitus cursed someone is is a very possible thing beyond like mold beyond anything else because mass hysteria is quite literally passed through seeing other people do things there's no like germs it's it's not like a a flu or a coronavirus very unfortunately for me every time i hear the full word coronavirus you know what i think of I think of Cardi B yep. yelling. Yep, coronavirus. <laughs> oh, you think of it too. Okay, good. Great. Good. So the amount of pressure from just life being kind of crappy for these people and a reason to not be okay led to a ton of people dying or ending up with really jacked calves. But it's it's over and we haven't had this kind of thing in a long time. This wasn't the first and it wasn't the last dancing plague but they seem to have tapered off i mean there are a few months left in 2020 so who knows what september will bring it's right around the corner your move 2020 you know how i like to spend labor day locked in the basement um yeah with the dancing plague absolutely all right so my topic is not as fun as yours i don't know if fun is the right word actually but today i am going to be talking about phantom social workers which is not so much of a physical mass hysteria as you've described um, but it was definitely a mass panic across the uk in uh, the 90s this may have been heard by some of you uh, under some different names like the Bogus Social Workers or Operation Child Care, uh, but the, the TLDR of this episode is that reports swept across British newspapers in uh, the 90s that some suspicious phantom social workers were taking children from their homes for quote-unquote evaluation. And before I get any further, I do want to warn some people that um, there is some slightly disturbing content, I I would think, in this episode uh, on my part. So if that's not your jam today, that's totally fine. You could just stop listening here. Thanks for joining. Thanks for listening to my half. <laughs> so hold on, meow. These aren't actually ghosts. 
No, they're not ghosts. I don't like ghosts. No, I, I also don't like ghosts. The way that phantom social workers was described is there's a, a couple typical situations. So the most common report was that people would get these visits from one or two young professionally dressed women in their late 20s or early 30s. Sometimes it would be a woman and a man and they would claim to be social workers. And cases had very similar reports wherein the quote-unquote social workers explained that they had evidence of child abuse. The child would then be examined and the social workers would leave. And parents would call local authorities and kind of like talk about the strange encounter and report it only to learn from the police that there weren't any social workers in their area. That's extraordinarily upsetting. Yes. And so this... Uh, report had pretty much swept into like every household in the area and people were terrified pretty much to open the door for strangers because they didn't want their kids to be examined by fake social workers. What did the examination entail? We'll get into it. Oh no. So as a result of all of the calls and reports that the police were getting, um, the local police in South Yorkshire uh, launched an investigation in 1990, and they called it Operation Child Care. And 23 separate police forces joined together, and they gathered to investigate 250 reports of this happening to people. And it's pretty notable that this is one of the largest investigations of its kind in the UK. That's that's so creepy. That's, that's a lot of people being concerned about their kids being examined. So here's the weird part. After a year of investigating this, the police found only two of the 250 cases to be legitimate. So 250 reports came in. Only two were legit. So were people just thinking like grandma's a part of this? Well, so... Uh, a lot of the cases police believed to be just created by attention seekers and people who wanted to say, oh, yes, I also experienced this, which I feel like is pretty easy to like prove to be false. You know, like kids can't lie for shit. <laughs> so I just I, I wouldn't I wouldn't trust a kid to lie for me and cover for me. They're, they're snitches. Do you remember that that news events when there was a missing kid for like two weeks and the parents were like, please find our kid, please find our kid. And then the kid shows up and then they're on like Dateline or some like huge national news source. And the kid's like, I was in the attic the whole time. <laughs> Daddy said, hide there. Is this the balloon kid? Oh yeah. Oh, I totally messed it up. Is yes, this balloon it is, kid? I think it is the balloon kid where it's like, oh my gosh, this balloon is up in the air and our son is in there. And actually, the kid was never in the balloon. The parents, I think, made it up entirely for attention. It worked. Definitely worked. So uh, some people who had made these reports, the police believed not to be attention seekers, but uh, just people who had genuine misunderstandings. So maybe they were visited by somebody and, and you know, their child wasn't actually examined, but, um, you know, could just be like a stranger and, and people have a hunch and decide to report it. So also notable from this, no arrests were ever made. Not a single arrest out of everything that was reported. Experts think that the media really helped to fan the flames of this and create a sort of out-of-control situation 
for the local police and, and creation of an entire police force to uh, respond to something that really was not actually happening for more than two families, allegedly. How else do you get views? You, you got to get views. <laughs> it's all about it's all about people watching your TV channel. Well, can you imagine if they had YouTube back in the day? I imagine it would just be a, a family looking to get some views and some likes, just making it up and completely making it horrible for people who are actually victims to be believed. I was just going to go down the line of like, when I'm trying to find a recipe online, I just want the recipe. I don't I don't care about how much your kids love it and how they clean their plates. Just how much salt goes in this? How many eggs do I need? Shit, I need to go back to the store for more eggs. <laughs> I only bought two. <laughs> two eggs? <laughs> just two. And they're hard-boiled. So aside from the media fanning the flames, uh, police believed that this actually led to copycats that were made up of pedophiles. A uh, woman who had experienced loss of a child, so some baby snatchers, uh, people who maybe wanted to borrow or steal children. I have a lot of questions about borrowing a child. I, I don't know if there's like sinister, I imagine there'd have to be like sinister reasons for doing that. Unless it's people who are like, hey kid, I'll give you 20 bucks to go mow my lawn in front of my house before my wife gets home and I get yelled at. I wouldn't trust a baby to mow my lawn let alone a, like a child, let alone anybody. My lawn will be cut by me and by me alone. That's some pride. To add to that, people uh, may have just been on edge and more likely to believe the hype given the panic that the Cleveland child abuse cases created uh, following the same time frame. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like a dry forest and a spark of a... Of a flame. So for those who are unaware of the Cleveland child abuse cases mentioned, um, this is the slightly disturbing part that I want to warn people about. So if you made it this far and you uh, would like a second warning, here it is. So uh, this is Cleveland, England, not Cleveland, Ohio. Oh. And in the late 80s, so just before this started happening, uh, there were two pediatricians by the name of Marietta Higgs and Jeffrey Wyatt, uh, who were based in Cleveland, England, and they used this diagnostic test that is now incredibly discredited uh, by the scientific field or the medical field doctor stuff. Um, to determine if a child had suffered sexual abuse. And so this test was called RAD, R-A-D, um, or the reflex anal dilation test. I've heard of this. Oh. Yes. And so this test was learned by Marietta Higgs in 1986 after she went to a medical conference where the test's creators um, Dr. Christopher Hobbs and Dr. Jane Wynn gave lectures on the method. So the RAD method methodology, which also like terrible name for something so awful, um, stated that if a child had a certain level of anal relaxation after stimulation or parting of the cheeks, they were victims of sexual abuse. And that um, certain level of relaxation was two centimeters. 
So after they get home from this conference, um, Higgs and Wyatt start putting the test into practice. So from February to July of 1987, Higgs and Wyatt made 121 diagnoses of sexual abuse in children, which is a lot. So children who had been identified as victims were removed from their homes by social services and they were placed into foster homes. And when foster homes ran out of space, children were placed in a local hospital ward. Can you imagine how fucking terrible that would be? You have absolutely no control. Your kid is removed. You have no idea why for completely false reasons. Um, They can't even go to a proper house. They're just being stored in a hospital. And so complaints were made that kids would be removed from their homes in the middle of the night. People wouldn't really get explanations. And so it's in May that Higgs and Wyatt continue to diagnose people, um, children, with this method. And parents start demanding answers. And they start demanding for the return of their kids who had been removed. And so this outrage from the parents um, led to the publishing of this report called the Butler's Loss Report, which found rampant sexual abuse had not actually been found in the kids at all. Uh, The situation was made considerably worse from mismanagement between police and social services. And 94 of the 121 kids who were removed from their houses were eventually returned to their families. And it's not to say that those who were not returned uh, were withheld from their families because of sexual abuse. I think there were other things that were potentially found, but um, sexual abuse was not noted to be the case. And so this panic in the late 80s paved the way for this media hype of the phantom social workers in the 90s that got way heavier than i had hoped and i'm kind of speechless and it's i think the most upsetting part is that i mean you would trust doctors you trust medical professionals and the fact that this test i mean you could you could look it up um There are so many reasons cited medically for why children would maybe have that sort of response, and it has absolutely nothing to do with sexual abuse of any kind. Um, And I think the fact that that was used to remove so many kids from their houses, and for months at some points, like, kids would not see their families, and they would just be stuck in the hospital for months, which is horrible. That's terrible. So that's not to say that there there weren't some people who maybe had actually experienced the phantom social workers. So remember, there were two um, cases that were found to be credible. So there is this case study uh, that features a woman named Anne Wiley, and she experienced a person posing as a health visitor with the apparent aim of examining or stealing her 20-month-old son. And Anne Wiley was incredibly critical of people who had dismissed all of the cases as misunderstandings or cries for attention um, because she explained that when a woman called at her house in Hamilton, uh, you know, this woman had wanted to see her son Robert and Anne Wiley said she felt like she should hide her son in the wash machine uh, when strangers got to the door. And goes on to describe, you know, I thought it was strange to start off with. No one comes to my back door. Uh, this woman said she was my new health visitor and she had come to check 
my son's medical records. My son had been in the hospital and he was asthmatic. And so Anne goes on to ask this woman, do you have identification? Which is always very smart. I feel like people, yeah, I feel like people should teach their kids um, you know, if they're ever home, one, don't answer the door. But two, in the event that they do, always ask for identification. Actually, maybe that's just a good life practice everybody should have. I don't think I would teach my three-year-old to say, can I see your ID, please? <laughs> Kid's going to make a great bouncer someday. <laughs> exactly. So uh, Anne asks for identification. And this person who's at her door said, oh, I must have just left it in the car which is very strange and she said it's something that her usual health visitor never does um so i guess this woman has like a routine visitation from a a health worker for her son and so Anne looks at the car and says that there's a gentleman in there smoking a cigarette which was strange because you wouldn't think that health visitors would be smoking cigarettes during a visit you'd think i imagine that's a very stressful job though so i could understand and so Anne goes on to say that she asked this female health visitor for her son's name so Anne is asking basically if she knows what her her son's name what's is. my kid's name and Uh, the health visitor hesitates and she gets out this file and uh, Anne doesn't know if it's actually her son's, but it seemed like she knew his medical history. And so she knew like how long he had been on the hospital and and his asthmatic background. And so uh, she's talking to the son, this health visitor is talking to Anne's son and um you know, it's it's pouring rain and Anne says, we better go into the living room. And Anne took her son inside and she was away. And uh, Anne rings the office of the woman who had been her health visitor and found that the health visitor had not been replaced at all. This is a phony. Yes. It this is, is the a, real deal. Yes. It is a person who is uh, purely looking with false motives to do some harm. This is a red alert. So Anne reports this incident to the police and they were never able to track down the woman. They could never discover a motive. And so this whole experience um, hits Anne Wiley and like severely affects her. She said, you know, she doesn't like opening the door for a stranger. She doesn't like talking even to people that she doesn't know. And she goes on to say that um, people should always ask for identification. I agree, Anne. Good move. Good move. And she said, if I hadn't asked for identification, the police could have been coming around to my house saying we haven't found Robert or we have found him, but it doesn't bear thinking of, so you can't take any chances. And she described this woman as being in her late 20s, about five foot four, slim with light brown hair and a small mark by her right eye. Um, said that she was wearing a light blue coat similar to one that is typically worn by nurses. And the police said that, you know, they obviously took the incident very seriously, but they were never able to identify the woman that Anne described. And so Anne was concerned for years that um, someone may also fall victim to this. I, I can definitely see how this would turn into a, I wouldn't dare say a conspiracy, but it would turn into this larger fear i mean it's some scary shit and can you imagine if i don't know if if social media would be 
better or worse in this situation just based on how I have seen my Facebook neighborhood groups, but I feel like it's a lot easier to put out, you know, everybody's got like security cameras at their houses and um, can like put out videos of like, hey, this suspicious person visited my house asking to see my son, um, you know, and then sharing it widely on social media. But also maybe, maybe it would have made it worse. Social media only makes things worse. The reason why I chose my topic being so far from modern day was because I was scared to see what was happening, like, now. I mean, here's to hoping that we don't get the dancing plague in 2020. Or 2020 part two. Which is just 2021. (laughs) Exactly. So uh, that wraps it up for Phantom Social Workers, uh, which was largely driven by the Cleveland child abuse cases. Um, there's a lot more that could be read about uh, Marietta Higgs and Jeffrey Wyatt, if that is an interest to you. Um, there were a lot of topics I just could not fit in here from them, um, but very easy to find more information on on those two doctors in particular, if you're curious. Dang. <laughs> Dang. Dang. That's all I got to say about that. So thank you for joining us today. If you haven't yet... Uh, and you don't want to end on a sour note, uh, go look up that video that Matt mentioned earlier of the Sasquatch Fe- Festival. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty heartwarming. It's it's very wholesome. It's nice. Maybe go start a, a dance mob of your own, socially distanced, and wear masks outside. I'm just going to start wearing a Darth Vader helmet. <laughs> that works too. So thank you for joining us today. If you like our podcast and you like today's episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, anywhere pretty much that you can leave a review. And like we mentioned at the top of the episode, we will send you a sticker for free if you take a screenshot of that review and send it to us. I would recommend you graffiti something because that's like the original oh god public no. statement please don't put our stickers on stop signs no, that, no 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 i mean like spray paint no don't do that either no we're not encouraging anybody to go graffiti anything i might be sorry mom so thank you for joining this week and we hope to catch you next week yeah i'd say so next week sounds good all right great same time same place give or take all right see you guys next week all right meow bye <laughs> bye